Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series sponsored by Exiger on From Third-Party Risk Management to Supply Chain Risk Management. Exiger on the evolution of supplier compliance in COVID-19. First, a word about Exiger. Exiger was founded to fight financial crime, fraud, and terrorist financing by introducing technology-enabled solutions to the market's biggest supply chain, risk, investigation, litigation, and compliance challenges. The global authority on risk and compliance, Exeter services on the world's largest banks, Fortune 1000 companies, and government agencies and regulators. Exeter combines frontline expertise of former prosecutors, intel analysts, Department of Defense veterans, and compliance officers leading technologists and forensic accountants with cutting-edge, fit-for-purpose artificial intelligence technology. In recognition of the growing volume and complexity of data and regulations, Exeger is committed to working with clients to create a more sustainable risk management environment through its holistic and innovative approach to problem solving. To find out how Exeger is making the world a safer place and more effective place to do business, visit Exeter.com or reach out to any of the experts featured in this week's podcast series. Over this five-part podcast series, we will put a spotlight on financial institutions with Tara Loftus and Summer Pratt. We will put a spotlight on corporations with Aaron Narva and Ren McEachern. We will put a spotlight on federal government and supply chains with Kerry Wibben and Vishnu Anatamula. Look at the pillars of good compliance with Brandon Daniels and Carrie Wibben. We will conclude with third party risk management solutions with Erica Peters and Skylar Chi. In this episode, I am joined by Tara Loftus, Managing Director in Exeter's New York office and a part of the Financial Crime Advisory Compliance Practice, focusing on AML and anti bribery compliance, and Summer Pratt, Managing Director based in London also in the financial crime advisory practice who specializes in audit and assurance. I know you will enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one. Today, we take up financial institutions with Tara Loftus and Summer Pratt. Uh, First of all, uh, to both of you all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. So um, if I could maybe uh, start off with... What are some of the top regulatory regimes in uh, the U.S. and perhaps even internationally which focus on third parties and supply chains? Well, Tom, the U.S. regulators have been very active in this space. The DOJ and the SEC have always been focused on the fraud and corruption risk introduced by third-party intermediaries. As you can see when you look at the FCPA enforcement cases over the last decade or refer to the FCPA resource guide, I was an in-house compliance officer in 2011 and 2012 when the SEC started focusing on expert networks in relation to insider trading cases. That focus resulted in enhancements to our third-party onboarding procedures to ask questions about access to material non-public information and other proprietary corporate information, as well as personal identifying information related to customers or employees. So as you can see, as cases come out, the onboarding processes around third parties get enhanced. In October 2013, the OCC issued guidance on managing outsourcing risk. 
And then the Federal Reserve Bank followed two months later with their own guidance on the same topic. This wasn't new, this type of guidance. I mean, the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council, we refer to them as the FFIEC, they issued guidance back in 2004 about outsourcing technology services. And that guidance was updating guidance from 1996. So there has long been a focus on IT risk. But in this newer guidance issued by the OCC and the Fed in 2013, the outsourcing risks were expanded a lot. Now they included, they were, instead of just talking about technology, they were talking about compliance risk, concentration, reputational risk, country, operational and legal risk. The guidance also focused on the risk management life cycle. So this was a change as well. By the time the DFS issued what is known as Part 500 in 2017, the term CISO or Chief Information Security Officer was being used throughout the industry and financial institutions were very focused on their cybersecurity programs, which that regulation focused on. But there's also been a lot of regulatory activity in Europe that Summer's going to speak to. Great, thanks, Tara. So, so in terms of the, the UK, which is where I'll start, and then I'll jump to the to Europe, uh, and and it's very similar picture to what Tara's outlined for the US. Um, regulators in the UK have been pushing firms to improve their supplier risk management programs over the last few decades, and they're still pushing, uh, particularly given the severe operational disruption that some firms face due to supplier failures during the start of COVID-19 uh, due to the lockdown. Uh, and the FCA, uh, one of the principal regulators over here, has recently reiterated its expectations that although firms can outsource processes to third parties, they absolutely can't outsource the risk or the responsibility. So the key regulatory regimes here in the UK uh, under the Financial Conduct Authority are laid out in its handbook. Uh, in various sections which contain general requirements for third-party risk management as well as outsourcing requirements that firm, firms have to adhere to. Um, the, the FCA also issued guidance for firms who are interested in outsourcing to the cloud and other third-party IT services. Another key regulatory instruments uh, include the payment services regulation that set out uh, requirements for authorised payment institutions and Regulation 25 covers outsourcing and similarly for uh, e-money institutions, uh, the electronic money regulations uh, set out expectations for outsourcing uh, in Regulation 26. Now, an interesting development in the UK has been the regulatory focus on operational resilience of firms and this is where UK regulators want to push firms further uh, to consider their dependency on services supplied by third parties and the resilience of these third party services. So, so what's really interesting here is how the regulators are pushing firms to effectively apply the UK rules and regulations on supplier risk management and outsourcing throughout the extended supply chain. So clearly signaling that the regulatory expectations on supply chain risk management may be increasing. And then just finally in Europe, the SEBS, the Committee for European Banking Supervisors, has recently updated its EBA guidelines on outsourcing in September 2019, uh, which contains key requirements that all institutions across the EU must comply with by the 31st of December 2021. So lots of activity in this space. So Tara, if I could ask you, from your perspective, what are the three top challenges for financial institutions in dealing with third parties and supply chains? 
Wow, you're going to make me limit to three. Okay, where do I begin? I, I think I'll put it into to three buckets. I think in the first one, I would put the merging of the third-party risk management process with the general procurement or sourcing process. While bringing these two areas together is a good thing, it's a really large remit. And the resources in these areas have different skill sets. Take supply chain risk. The risk management areas are focused on cybersecurity and corruption risks. They're concerned about fraud and overall reputation risk. And the procurement area is focused on cost, schedule, performance, and scope. The competing priorities can be challenging, but they can also be balanced because overall, the financial institutions are worried about supply chain risk where it could impact its ability to support its customer base and meet its legal and regulatory obligations. If everyone stays focused on the overall goal, goal, I really do think solutions can be found. In my second bucket, I'll put the challenge of breaking down silos. When you're trying to mitigate so many risks, there are often many groups or people involved, and there can be silos that don't communicate and each have a piece of the puzzle. This is exacerbated further if along with the functional silos, there are technology silos in the way of separate databases for different purposes and the lack of a central repository to capture and coordinate third-party supplier information. One more comment before I cover the last challenge. I've seen in smaller financial institutions where one person is asked to take on this enormous task of handling all things related to third-party risk management without the support of other in-house risk experts. While this does break down the silos, it is a very challenging role to become an expert in so many types of risks, as well as being expected to handle the more commercial aspects of third-party management that a procurement area normally handles. The last challenge bucket I think I would have is risk assessment. Due to the many risks covered and the numbers of third parties that financial institutions deal with, the risk assessment and risk rating process is very complex, as is the ongoing monitoring and refresh process. Um, for those who work in the AML space, I would say that the third-party risk rating and risk assessment process is just as challenging as the client onboarding and KYC refresh process. Or if I could ask you to uh, perhaps help us understand how can financial institutions address these challenges? Yeah, be happy to, Tom. Um, and I think what Tara was mentioning earlier about balancing competing priorities is is absolutely key. So, so how how banks that are getting this right or FIs that are getting this right are doing it is is firstly it's about getting all the right people around the table and then allocating ownership and accountability uh, to the right teams for the uh, various aspects of the end-to-end -end supplier risk management process. So, for example, pricing, contracts, supplier performance is being managed by the sourcing and procurement teams risk assessments are being designed and then oversighted by relevant risk teams uh, to make sure that they don't lose that focus. Secondly, firms have implemented robust supplier due diligence and risk assessment procedures and systems that allow procurement teams to escalate any risks and red flags to the relevant risk specialists within the firms for decisioning. So for example, to the ABC team or to the AML team or indeed to the cyber IT security team, and key to this working, of course, is, is upskilling relevant procurement teams and giving them the right tools and training 
so that they know uh, a risk when they see it and they know when to escalate. And in terms of breaking down silos, where FIs have got this right, in my experience, having worked inside banks uh, as an auditor and as a compliance professional, is, is where the sourcing and procurement teams work hand in glove with various parts of the business and risk functions, looking at supplier data, underpinning key products and services, and then segmenting and risk rating suppliers in a coordinated fashion to pinpoint those high risk and critical suppliers that they really need to focus on. And a key way that firms have been breaking down these silos is implementing centralized vendor uh, management systems and vendor risk management systems that's enabling data mining and centralized data, uh, vendor data and payment records to improve the way that um, uh, they're risk managing suppliers on an ongoing basis. And obviously you've got the regulators pushing them to do this, right? Um, and what's also helped, of course, is having compliance teams, having these risk experts providing input to group-wide third-party risk management policies and procedures and business initiatives to reflect regulatory requirements uh, and also to provide ongoing compliance monitoring of third parties, um, particularly as they relate to AML, ABC and sanctions exposure uh, and compliance risks. So unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode. I hope our listeners will join us where we take up some of these issues in the corporate setting in our next episode. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, both of you all if listeners wanted more information uh, on any of the points that you both have raised, where could they go? Um, well, Tom, we've included links to all of the regulatory guidance that Summer and I referred to during the podcast. Um, in addition, Exeger issued two client alerts on the recent updates that were made to the FCPA resource guide and the DOJ evaluation of corporate compliance programs that can be found on our Exeger website. There's also a really great webinar replay there that focuses on how compliance officers can drive towards sustainable compliance in the third-party risk management space that I think your listeners would enjoy. Well, I wanted to thank you all both and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Pleasure talking to you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this special podcast episode sponsored by Exeger, where we're taking a look at third-party risk management and supply chain risk management. Check out Exeger on their website, www.exeger.com. It lists uh, a lot of resources in the show notes from these two speakers, so check those out if you want any more information. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode in this special five-part podcast series from third-party risk management to supply chain risk management. Exeter on the evolution in supply chain compliance during COVID-19. This has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network.